Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Friday, the 4th of June. India has reported 1.32 lakh new coronavirus cases over the past 24 hours, while the death toll has increased by 2,713. The country's tally of infections now stands at 2.85 crores since the outbreak in January 2020. All these figures, however, are widely believed to be undercounts. Globally, COVID-19 has infected over 171.7 million people and killed over 3.69 million, according to Johns Hopkins University. A study by scientists of the Indian SARS-CoV-2 Genomic Consortia and the National Center for Disease Control found that the Delta variant of the coronavirus first identified in India was responsible for the devastating second wave of the pandemic in the country. The INSACOR Consortium of Scientists, which have over 10 laboratories spanning the country, is involved in sequencing genomes of COVID samples in different states. The study, which is ongoing, revealed that there are more than 12,200 variants of concern in India. However, their presence is minuscule compared to the Delta variant. According to the Hindu, K. Vijay Raghavan, principal scientific advisor to the government, has warned that India could face another surge in coronavirus cases if the population is lulled into complacency amid a decline in the infections. The Gujarat government has announced that private and government offices will be allowed to function with 100% staff from June 7th. Over 2,800 prisoners have been released on interim bail on emergency parole from three jails in Delhi, including Tihar. The Supreme Court had earlier taken suo moto cognizance of overcrowding in prisons across the country and had said it is difficult for jail inmates to maintain social distancing to prevent the spread of coronavirus. Meanwhile, the United States on Thursday announced that it will share approximately 60 lakh doses of the coronavirus vaccine with India, South Korea, Canada, Mexico and other countries. This is the part of the 8 crore doses that US President Joe Biden had promised to share with the rest of the world. President Biden said that this first batch is expected to address COVID-19 surges, high burdens of infections and the needs of the countries most vulnerable to the infection. A Telangana journalist was arrested in Hyderabad yesterday when he stepped out to buy groceries during the lockdown. According to the News Minute, Raghu Ramakrishna reportedly worked for Tolly Vilugu and was a critique of the governing Telangana Rashtra Samiti. His family initially thought he had been kidnapped until the Matampali police in Suryapet issued a statement saying he had been arrested. The report noted that the police said he had been charged under penal sections including writing, causing her to deter a public servant from his duty and unlawful assembly. The New Indian Express reported that Raghu was arrested for his alleged involvement in a clash that took place between the tribals and BJP workers on one side and the police on the other at Gurambodu Tanga in Suryapet district in February. The report added that he was produced before a court and remanded to 14 days judicial custody. Shravan Dasoju, the national spokesperson of the All India Congress Committee said and I quote, Raghu, who has been fighting against TRS government fault lines and spreading awareness around public issues continuously should be saved. The TRS government is solely responsible for Raghu's safety and immediate steps should be taken to prevent any untoward development in this regard. Unquote. BJP leader Bandi Sanjay also condemned the arrest and accused the KCR government in Telangana of wanting to silence the media. Speaking about silencing the media, a Z News journalist recently tried to show the fault lines in Himachal Pradesh's system to issue e-passes for interstate movement. Aman Bharadwaj's expose involved him in setting a small trap. He registered for two e-passes under the names Amitabh Bachchan and Donald Trump. Perpetually travelling from Chandigarh to Shimla, he used his own Aadhaar and phone numbers for both registrations. 
Days later, both e-passes were registered and emailed to him. His report on this aired on May 7th. By that evening, an FIR was lodged against him by the director of the state's IT department and he was charged with cheating and forgery, among others. The state IT minister, Ramlal Markanda, told News Laundry, and I quote, Just because Bhardwaj is a journalist does not mean he can write anything, unquote. To know more, do read Ayush Tiwari's report titled Himachal Police Sees Z Journalist's Phone for Exposing Lax COVID E-Pass System. But what happened to Bharadwaj isn't unusual for Himachal Pradesh. Last year, the state registered 14 FIRs against 5 journalists for reporting on its failures. Check out the report on our website. And while you're there, help us to tell the stories of these journalists who are doing their jobs against all odds. At News Laundry, we don't depend on corporates or governments to survive. We depend on you to subscribe and pay to keep news free. So click on the subscribe button on the top right corner of our website. Lowest subscription starts at just 300 rupees a month only. The Reserve Bank of India's Monetary Policy Committee today announced that it was keeping the repo rate unchanged at 4%, while the reverse repo rate would remain at 3.35%. The repo rate is the rate at which the central bank lends to its clients, generally against government securities. The reverse repo rate is the interest rate earned on excess funds deposited by banks with the RBI. This is the sixth consecutive time that the RBI has maintained the status quo. RBI Governor Shakti Kanta Das said that the central bank will maintain an accommodative policy stance as long as necessary to revive growth and mitigate the impact of the COVID pandemic. He added that the decision to maintain the status quo on lending rates had been unanimous. He also said that vaccines will be important to the resumption of economic activity in the country. The central bank has revised its growth projection for the year 2021 to 2022 to 9.5% as compared to 10.5% in the previous year. Government data released on Monday showed that India's gross domestic product growth rate for the last fiscal year has decreased by 7.3%, while the economy grew by a higher than expected 1.6% in the fourth quarter between January and March. Meanwhile, in Kerala, Finance Minister K.N. Balagopal announced today the revised budget for first year 2021 to 2022. The budget includes a COVID-19 stimulus package worth 20,000 crore rupees and the allocation of 1,000 crore rupees for free distribution of vaccines for all above 18 years. 1,500 crore rupees has been allocated for the first phase conservation of fragile coastal areas. Meanwhile, the scheme to reduce extreme poverty has also been presented. There were no new tax proposals in Kerala's revised budget. Nearly 3,000 junior doctors in Madhya Pradesh resigned yesterday after the Madhya Pradesh High Court called the strike illegal and ordered the doctors to return to work by Friday afternoon. The court also directed the state government to take action against the doctors in case they don't report back to work within the set time period. In response, the doctors resigned. The president of Madhya Pradesh Junior Doctors Association, Dr. Arvind Meena, has said that the association will move the Supreme Court against the High Court judgment. The doctors had begun a strike on Monday to press the government to increase their stipend and offer free treatment to them and their families in case they contract COVID-19. Dr. Meena claimed that on May 6th, the state government had promised to fulfill the doctors' demands and raise their stipend by 24%, but nothing happened. A chemical factory at Badlapur in Maharashtra's Thani district reported a gas leak last night. The leakage at Noble Intermediate's private limited company was plugged within an hour. According to PTI, people living around the unit complained of breathing trouble for a few hours. Santosh Kadam, the chief of the regional disaster management cell of Thane Municipal Corporation said, and I quote, A chemical reaction due to the overheating of sulfuric acid and benzyl acid led to the incident. 
As a result, residents living in a 3-kilometer area around the factory complained of breathing problems and irritation in eyes for a few hours. Unquote. A few people were also admitted to hospitals as a precautionary measure. They were reportedly released after medical assistance. The Thane Municipal Corporation said that no major injury was caused in the incident. Google has issued an apology after its search engine showed Kannada as the answer to the ugliest language in India. The search result was revealed after the website debtconsolidationsquad.com brought it to the notice of social media users. Following backlash, Google modified the results at around 3 p.m. yesterday. The Karnataka government also said it would send a legal notice to Google. Karnataka Cultural Minister Arvind Limbavali said that this was Google's attempt to insult the pride of Kanadigas and demanded an apology from the company. On its part, Google said that the situation was not ideal, but the company took swift corrective action when informed about the problem. The company added that they were also working to improve its algorithms. A state government yesterday evening said, and I quote, Naturally, these are not reflective of the opinions of Google. We apologize for the misunderstanding and hurting any sentiments. Unquote. Shining Langstang, the owner of a coal mine in Meghalaya's East Jaintia Hills district, was sent to judicial custody today after surrendering on June 2nd. An FIR had been filed against him after five laborers have been trapped in his mine since May 30th. The five laborers were trapped following a dynamite blast. The search for them has been underway ever since. Personnel from the State Disaster Response Force, Fire Services and a 24-member National Disaster Response Force team are involved in the operation. NDTV reported that the rescue teams were not able to make any progress due to the water level in the main vertical shaft, poor night light conditions and non-availability of any eyewitness accounts. Digging vertical shafts are part of the mining process to extract coal layers. According to the Hindu, District officials said continuous rain hampered the rescue efforts and it would be extremely difficult to pull out the miners, dead or alive. Pro-democracy activist Chao Hang Tung was arrested today by Hong Kong police on the 32nd anniversary of the 1989 Tiananmen Square crackdown. Chao is vice chairwoman of the Hong Kong Alliance, which organizes annual vigils for victims of Beijing's deadly crackdown on democracy protesters. She was arrested for promoting unauthorized assembly. Her arrest came after Hong Kong banned the vigil for the second year running, citing coronavirus restrictions. Hong Kong usually holds a mass vigil to remember those killed when soldiers stormed the square, which was packed with protesters calling for democracy. Alkan Akkad, a China researcher with Amnesty International, told Al Jazeera, and I quote, According to international human rights laws, there is no need to seek permission from any authority for peaceful assembly. Lighting a candle is not a crime. Peacefully remembering an event that happened 32 years ago is not a crime. Unquote. Despite the restrictions this year, there are calls from Hong Kongers to remember the 1989 crackdown in private, with vigil organizers calling on residents to light a candle at 8pm Friday, no matter where they are. In May 1989, nearly a million Chinese, mostly students, crowded into central Beijing to protest for greater democracy and call for the resignations of the Chinese Communist Party leaders deemed too repressive. On June 4, 1989, however, Chinese troops and security police stormed through Tiananmen Square, firing indiscriminately into the crowds of protesters. The protesters fought back, stoning the attacking troops and overturning and setting fire to military vehicles. Reporters and Western diplomats on the scene estimated that at least 300 and perhaps thousands of the protesters had been killed and as many as 10,000 were arrested. That's all the news we have for you today. 
stay safe wherever you're listening from see you tomorrow all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent to catch all our podcasts on news pop culture current affairs and sport visit newslaundry.com follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and subscribe to our youtube channel 